Yeah. So what did you just say, Greg? <laughs> I am editing it, so I can say whatever I want. <laughs> I still have access to those files. That's true. Oh, you're going to touch a penis tomorrow. You're going to touch some penises tomorrow. I'll probably touch several of them. I'll touch at least one. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, you were listening to the Give Me a Five podcast, episode number 127. Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. We talk about pop culture, nostalgia, movies, and occasionally music. My name is Jimmy, and I am joined by Rob. What's up? Greg. Hello there, sir. And a little bit later, our good friend Kerwin will not join us for a review of one of our topics this evening and that is the 1992 classic from peter jackson dead alive depending on what part of the world you're in could also be brain dead we will also be talking about the weirdest wrestlemania ever wrestlemania 36 and greg will explain why it was so weird yeah i just gotta say that i would not normally be talking about wrestling too long unless we usually don't do that. There's a million wrestling podcasts, a million people that are better at talking about this than me, but I decided to watch WrestleMania. It needed to be, it needs to be discussed just so that people out there can understand how strange it really is. Yeah. I, I read recaps of all the mass matches because I guess all the people that I watched when I was a child are still wrestling. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and we'll get to that. Yeah, it's true. It's it's all the people that I watched back when wrestling was just something we'd get together in college and just watch for fun. Mm-hmm. They're they're around. So we'll we'll discuss all that stuff. It sh- it'll be fun. It's not hardcore wrestling talk here. Mm-mm. We're we're going to talk about the kind of the fun stuff about re- about wrestling. Yes, yeah, so it's a very interesting um setting atmosphere for this one Mm -hmm. question mark (laughs) so this is going to be a review show there's probably going to be spoilers so if you haven't watched wrestlemania 36 yet you might find out who won some matches or if you haven't seen our lovely lovely film for the evening peter jackson's dead alive and we highly recommend that you check it out if you <laughs> oh man because this is some ape shit crazy stuff yeah can't but wait um extraordinarily fun but if you haven't seen them yet uh go check them out come back later or listen at your own peril so gentlemen what have we in news for this week uh, you know, I have not been keeping up with news. I've, and I'm not been trying to avoid it. No, it's not even that. It's just been mm-hmm. I have, and I'm not this. 
I know people have been furloughed and all that stuff, but I've just been busy as crap. Yeah. I'm actually working more now than ever because I'm basically as, as Rob understands with being on call, but he actually does something that's like, you know, super important, like save lives and stuff. I, I've been on call for, for fixing people's graphic design problems, which is you know important because they're students. But so I've been too busy to actually really pay attention other than just catching up on all of the awesome movies that you guys had a chance to watch throughout the year that, you know, and finally seeing them like lighthouse, which we talked about mm-hmm. uh, a couple of the other ones. There's a couple other ones that I've I managed to see that you guys finally saw that I've, you guys mentioned. So um, did you still want that review, Jimmy? I, I would just like to know, you know, briefly what you thought about it. Um, uh, and you can do that now if you want. Yeah, sure. It was, um, First of all, the, just the the look of the movie was great. Yeah, I thought the the movie was, was super interesting, and in that you just kind of almost had to just kind of figure out what was going on. And I thought that the the lead actors were extraordinarily good, considering how much time they had to spend on screen, particularly mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe. I thought that he should have won some sort of award, or at least been nominated for some sort of award for that. And he's he's so weird looking, but he's he's really really a good actor. I mean, mm-hmm. he he plays excellent roles in a lot of the stuff that he's in, and yeah. and just sells the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. And but he's so weird to look at. <laughs> yeah, that movie is so incredibly glorious if you watch it with uh, subtitles on, which I may have said before, because every time he farts, which is a lot. It actually <laughs> puts it at the bottom of the screen in parentheses. It says, "You smell you know, like fats." <laughs> oh, says, and you farts. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of fart talk, which which is like when you see it and it says, "Oh, it's a comedy or a horror comedy." You're like, "Wait, what?" Or a thriller horror comedy. It's it's hard to pin it in the movie, but there is some comedy. There is, yeah. It's it, it's an interesting movie, even above and beyond the plot, which is also good. Just the people, the the suspense, the what's going on the i don't know it's i, I want to see it again i actually started watching i watched it the first week of like lockdown mm-hmm. and i was like maybe this isn't the best movie to watch to watch right before i go into a situation where i'm stuck at home all the time but yeah it's not um, the worst one either no 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 it was so i'm definitely gonna watch it again i bought it so nice man yeah, very glad the, to hear that yeah it was bought on digital about 14 bucks so enjoyed it so worth it so worth it uh, I've seen it a, a few times now. Um, that kind of uh, ties directly into some news that um, I'd like to share with you guys. Uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we'll get through this soon. But uh, until then, we've got some April releases that, you know, might be targeted towards the uh, the horror crowd out there. Um Let's see, this is going to... So by the time this releases, a movie has been out for a few days that I want you guys to check out. It's called Sea Fever. It is uh, going to be... So it should be on demand. It's an Irish aquatic uh, horror-themed. When a a troller gets... uh, A trawler, sorry, gets... uh, um, breaks down in the middle of the ocean, I guess, or however far off the coast a trawler is. Uh, there are some, some parasitic elements, and uh, it just looks like a really, really good 
really good film to see. Uh, a couple of others also available right now. The time you're listening to this is a movie called We Summon the Darkness, which looks like a lot of fun. Um, April 13th, Quibi is uh, going to be launching 50 Stages of Fright, or 50 States of Fright, I'm sorry, that features uh, legends from all of the 50 states um, by Sam Raimi, director of Evil Dead, which we all enjoy. Uh, I will jump I will jump in Damn it, I was just trying to move past that, but... Why, that movie is awesome. Go ahead. It's going to be awesome. So uh, on April 10th, for the people out there that are looking for stuff to do with their kids, we have Predator Hunting. No, that's not right. Yes. We've got uh, Trolls World Tour is going straight to digital. I was oh, looking. See, and I thought you just missed it, Jimmy. I didn't realize you were missing it on purpose because you're a dick. Yeah, that movie. Uh, I'm I was going to circle back around. <laughs> something for the whole family because these things I'm mentioning are not. Uh, that was good. They're, they're entering the world of heavy metal with the different legions of trolls with different music styles. Uh, the the first movie sounded really good. I was actually, that was one of the things, the theater experience was really good for that movie because yeah. of the, the sound system in the theater. Mm-hmm. So I was looking very forward to seeing it in the theater, but mm. uh, it is coming out at home and, you know, I'll have to, I'll have to pump it up a little, but I am yeah, excited I'm about that. Jam. Yeah, so I'm excited to have something out there that I could tell my child if he doesn't do his uh, his homework that uh, he has to uh, that he won't be able to see. So I'm excited about that. Damn you, cold! April fifteenth, what we do in the shadows season two premieres on FX. Yes. So excited! All the trailers look hilarious. April twenty fourth, Predator Hunting Grounds comes out. I've talked about it before. Very excited to be able to do that. And April 28th, uh, bumped up from when it was originally scheduled to release Stephen King's new book, If It Bleeds. Now, refresh my memory. Is is Predator Hunting Ground supposed to be a uh, first-person shooter? It is. Oh, okay. Uh, There will be nothing new for you to do. No, no. I think it's – I think it can be both. At least I know from the the Predator's perspective, I think Mm -hmm. you can go both because – Shows them up in the trees from a third person over the shoulder kind of view. Um, it will be, I I think, prior to the weekend of the 24th or whenever that is, that weekend previous, I believe it's going to be free to play on PlayStation Network. So you can at least Ooh. try it. Okay. Um, I've got a little bit more news about a band that we've talked about quite a lot. And I know myself and Greg enjoy C2 and the Brothers Reed. They have changed their name. They really? are now known as Kentucky Ruckus. Huh. And right. their new album, or debut as Kentucky Ruckus, called Space is a Place, will be coming out soon. Definitely keep an eye on that. Go over to their new Facebook page, Kentucky Ruckus, and check that out. I believe I saw today, you might have already know this, I saw that one of the Final Fantasy games is out for to be able to play. Um, it, like I a demo? due out the 10th, the remake of Final Fantasy VII. Part okay. of the remake. Oh, they're releasing it they're in They're doing that shit, and I'm not happy about that. Are they charging 30 bucks per part? Oh, yeah. Oh. That's fuckers, man. 
they know they can, and especially now more than ever, they're just going to roll in it, and it's going to be well, re- released in know, parts. Knowing that, I probably won't buy it now. Just, I would say wait. Yeah, I'm I'm going to wait till it goes down, and I can get the whole thing for the price of the video for like sixty. Yeah, it's man. I read that. I was like, you sons of bitches. How many parts is it going to be? Like three or four. Yeah, I'll wait till it's all available. Screw uh, you, Square Enix. Or should I call you CG? That looks like it was is coming out. Well, maybe this is 410 or 104. I don't know if maybe this is not a American website and it's doing October. I thought it was October 4th or it could be April 10th. But it, it, there is a playable demo out, mm-hmm. apparently. So mm-hmm. if you guys want to at least mess around with it, then that's available. Okay. Any other news? Anything? No, I'm I'm trying to verify that it's coming out in parts. I'm pretty sure that's what I saw. Because mm. that would be weird. I'd be all like, WTF, if that was a thing. Well, <clears throat> WTF is a thing. Oh, is it, Rob? It is. Oh, hold up. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. Ruined that segue <laughs> on their website. The story. I'm good for one segue an episode, you son of a bitch. Oh, Jesus. Jimmy! I already had okay. one. The story of this first standalone game in the Final Fantasy VII remake project covers up to the party's escape from Midgar and goes deeper into the events occurring in Midgar than the original Final Fantasy VII. Nope. Yeah. So, there you go. So Any basically, other news? they're just they're just releasing more battles and stretching it out and calling it a game. Yeah, and I think they're reworking some of the um, like cutscenes and some of the story to to bring it up to uh, you know modern the times, I guess. So, a gentleman, do you have any uh, other news? We already ruined the segue, Jimmy. Just was, run into it. Come I was on. Trying to just trying bash to your head against it, you freaking China shop bull Jesus. Yeah, that's right. I am China shop bull Jesus would be a great band name. China shop bull <laughs> Jesus. Yes, uh, we will speak on the Jesus here in a little bit, guys. It is time for WTF. Welcome to Florida. Also stands for what the fuck because it's a state that always makes us say what the fuck, and that is our great state of Florida. Guys, we have got a mixed bag of uh, different peoples um, in our our great state, and uh, the further east you go, the less less sense it seems to make. Sometimes um, firefighters were called to a home in Brevard County, Florida last weekend after reports that a blaze was possibly ignited by fireworks. Uh, there had actually been some explosions in the mix. Guys, a brush fire uh, to the uh, effect of 10 acres was started by a gender reveal party. Um. Uh, People just try and get funnier and cuter with these, and uh, it just seems to get worse, especially in our state. Uh, The uh, highly explosive substance tannerite 
was used here, and you might remember Tannerite being used in and by the Tiger King himself, Joe Exotic, to blow up a bunch of shit that that like his watch. That I remember that one. Mm-hmm. That woman, Sorry. Carol Baskin, uh, was trying woman. to take from him. Uh, so he blew everything up with Tannerite, something that is very easy to get and might, you know, maybe not. Because I'm sure the Tannerite sales just went through the roof after that documentary, which I did finish. Um, so there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Um, what would be the weirdest possible gender reveal? I've seen some. Um, I saw one where this couple was trying to be really cute and have like colored smoke bombs light off behind them in their pictures while they announced it. But it just looked like the lady was farting (laughs) because the angle of the picture um, looked like like blue smoke was coming out of her butt. There was, uh, there was the alligator one we've talked about on here. Well, there was that, that other one. Did you see the one with the kid? They let the kid shoot the balloon and he was mad that it was a girl. So the the little kid, yeah, this little kid turns around. He's got a fucking gun in his hand and he's just (laughs) like really mad (gasps) that he shot the balloon with a girl. That could have gone so bad. Yeah. Could have, oh, well, fuck you guys, then, you know. <laughs> they clearly had, knew how to use the gun. I don't know. Yeah, Just, I think there was the first people that did, like, a gender reveal. They said they regret doing it. Like, they're like, yeah, it's gone way too far. It's like Pinterest gone wrong. So. Uh, speaking of uh, things that have gone too far, uh, should mm-hmm. we should we go into our topics here? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So, I mentioned we mentioned this not too long ago. Uh, WrestleMania 36 was, of course, performed in front of, well, no one. Yes, absolutely no one. And um, none a few of, people. None few of people, the wrestlers were actually under the age of 36. There were some. Okay. There were some. So, so I actually did pick up. The WWE I Network, uh, February. So close to doing it, but go ahead. So yeah, so I got the WWE Network for. I was going to do it for February and March because one of my all-time favorite wrestlers did come back. He is forty-five years old, and he is, is that edge. the uh, rated R superstar? Is it is? Although my favorite iteration of Edge was the vampire version of him. Oh hell yeah! Like, was it Edge and Midian and, and uh The Brood and Christian. Yep. And the Brood, uh, uh what was his name? Gangrel. Gangrel. Yeah. Yep. So that was my, my era back in the what was it, like two thousand uh, like ninety nine, two thousand, back when I used to watch. And so I was gonna so I got it. Then of course everything went to crap and everyone has to stay home. So now they're actually recording at the performance center, which is approximately what, a mile from where I work? Yep, where right you, of course, used to work. Mm-hmm. So it's re- very bizarre because it's something I've driven by, and now they're just you know they're recording with no one in the crowd, and it's it's interesting because it looks like 
and sounds like specifically just like they're training because I've seen enough documentaries to know what it sounds like when they're training. And it's always weird when like, cause they wrestlers come out and they do the same thing all the time. So like imagine Hulk Hogan wasn't there obviously, but imagine Hulk Hogan coming out and doing that thing where he waves his hand and holds it up to his ear, but there's no one actually there. Yeah. And <laughs> so I, like, I'm sure that the, the people in the audience act as some kind of sound barrier to mm-hmm. where, you know, they, they do mic the rings. So you'd have the slams and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm sure it just sounds so empty. Like, yeah, an, yeah like an echo. Mm-hmm. It's the, the things that are interesting is the hits sound so much harder. Like this, the slaps across the chest. They sound so much harder. But the the weirder thing is, is like, you know, the wrestlers can hear the announcers now, whereas they probably couldn't before. <laughs> you can actually hear Weird. the trash talk. You can actually hear the trash talk, which is probably not going on in the real matches. Because the, the right. real matches, they're, they're actually talking to each other about what they're going to do. Right. But now, like, they're, they're wrestling. And I actually was watching, watching a little bit of, I forget who it was. It was one of the very good technical wrestlers. So I didn't think it would be the type of match that my child couldn't see because usually those those type matches are not hurt the person mm-hmm. bloody them whatever and like whoever it was was like get up bitch come on bitch what are you doing bitch i'm like uh-oh <laughs> and we we're sitting oh, wow. at the we were sitting at the dinner table i think it was uh actually it was kevin owens and uh oh, that wasn't funny damn it uh not the miz it was something pretty oh uh nah whatever I'll fight it. Yeah, but it was, it was a good match. And, but at the same time, oh, it was Kevin Owens and uh, uh, Seth Rollins. But it's like, they were like trash talking each other. Like, uh, and it was, it was kind of actually fun to hear. Now, the, the big things are that they did a few matches not in the uh, performance center. They mm-hmm. actually filmed two matches like they were movies, which oh. was actually interesting uh they split it up to two nights so it was saturday and sunday of this past week and it was on the wwe network uh and one of the things they perform they did was the boneyard match between aj styles and the undertaker and who is they did 75 com- years old he is and it was the best he's looked in forever because they because did edits. oh no because they did cuts and edits and they did cool stuff that they couldn't normally do in a wrestling ring. So like, you know, they had like this limp, the hearse pull up and then they, and AJ Styles has been very, very personal in this match, calling him old and calling him, you know, Mark instead of the undertaker and stuff. It's actually been kind of cool. He, he had old. a bunch of, he had a bunch of Druids come out and like, so this, the, the hearse pulls up and they pull out the, the coffin and you expect, of course, see the undertaker and AJ Styles pops up and he's like, I'm like joking and making fun of the undertaker. Very, it actually was a really cool match. Like it was, of course, you have to bury the opponent. Then, so the Undertaker goes up against, and then the AJ Styles like minions come after him, and then the Druids all come after him. It was filmed with a lot of backlight and smoke. Mm. They did a thing where the Undertaker fell into the pit, and AJ Styles is like laughing maniacally as he pulled the uh, the um, bulldozer up full of dirt, was about to dump it on him, and then like the light kicked on behind him, and the Undertaker was just standing there doing that eye thing. Mm-hmm. It was. It was actually. It was awesome. So like, it was. That's pretty cool. Like, 
Like you kind of want the, I mean, when the Undertaker retired, I kind of wanted the Undertaker to retire, but like in a match like this where you could limit the moving, like someone that's been wrestling for 30 years and do cool stuff like that. It was, it was well worth it. So that was very, very cool. So that happened the first night and there was a buzz about it. It was cool and whatever. The next night they did the Bray Wyatt versus John Cena match, which was the weirdest thing I've ever seen on mainstream television. Really? It was so bizarre. Like how bizarre. Yeah. Good song reference. Thanks. Crappy song, but yeah. Uh, so what they did was a Firefly Funhouse match. And Bray Wyatt, if you guys don't know, he is kind of a his character started off as sort of a some a, swamp like true detective kind of thing. Yeah, it's like a cult swamp leader thing mm. or swamp cult leader. Uh, he eventually evolved into sort of a fiend, which looks like the like a rictus style, like the Joker with his mouth cut open kind of mask. But he also has another version of himself that's like a children's TV show thing. But they do the thing where it's like the cute little fuzzy bunny gets thrown in a blender and that kind of thing. Like stuffed animal puppet thing. But anyway, so they did this thing. And John Cena, what, do you, you guys, what have been the complaints about him? Like, you know, you've known, you watched back when he was pretty big. What have been the complaints about him? Um, so, fun fact, uh, Bray Wyatt's Fiend mask uh, created by Tom Savini. Hmm. Uh, things about John Cena, he's uh, too Hollywood. I don't know, he's too that's, squeaky clean. That's been the big thing. Yeah. So they're talking about how, so basically this match, it starts off, the match starts, John Cena finds himself in the middle of like a children's TV show, Mr. Rogers style room that beckons him through the, the door. And as he walks through the door, he is, if I don't remember exactly the order, but he is basically as he appeared ring attire wise when he first showed up in the WWE and Bray Wyatt is basically saying, look, you beat me six years ago at WrestleMania it ruined me. I've never been the same since. And they always do that type of stuff, like, you know, you've made me a change man, or I, I'm here to change people, but you know, it never really happens. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so they do this whole thing about how you're so squeaky clean, and then he ends up, like, they show him in his, like, his thugonomics days where he would rap about things, and they're like, oh, you think you're, everyone says you're so good, and you've been a hero for all this time, but you've kind of been a bully, and it talks about, like, it shows him, like, calling, like, Randy Orton gay, oh. and, like, and it shows him, like, like, they went hard. It was actually, it was weird, but it was kind of cool where they like, were like, he psychologically went after him. He's like, yeah, you know, you used to call me fat. It's not so cool now, right? Because he was Husky Harris, Bray Wyatt was. He was, mm-hmm. a, 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 he was like a big, a bigger wrestler. He's so big, but he's not that type of big. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they did this whole thing. Then, then, of course, they're like, yeah, but what could have been if you actually turned bad? Let's see. And he like walks out and he walks out of like the old NWO uh, like the archway, the the one that like the truss archway that says you know NWO on it, and he's wearing the NWO thing. And they did this like whole thing where they kind of take him through his whole career. It was mm-hmm. weird. Oh, there was like a, a Vince McMahon puppet that was messing with him. It was so freaking weird. Mm. But like there was no actual match. It was like this whole like dream sequence thing. And then finally Cena snapped and like beat the crap out of him. And like it kind of led up to that. So it was like well Cena won, but. 
Bray Wyatt kind of did because he was just trying to push him over the edge, kind of like in the end of seven. Not it was cheesy, mm-hmm. but on second thought, it was actually like eh, not too bad. No, I have no problem with John Cena. I kind of like the character. I like him. I like the interaction that Jimmy had with him in person. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I love that. You know, he does all the the stuff, the the make a wish and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. Really good dude. Yeah, yeah. So. But I think it's it was in, very interesting the way they decided to do it, and I don't I don't think he should retire on that thing. On that note, I mean, I do think he needs to be out there in a ring with crowds. But for the limited stuff that they had, I thought it was actually pretty interesting. Uh, just one other little thing: they definitely had to limit themselves because they lost a lot of wrestlers as this was like building up. Yeah. Uh, the tag the tag team like ladder match ended up being not tag teams. It was one member of each tag team because I believe the Miz actually, who's a, one of the wrestlers, he was from Real World. If you didn't watch wrestling, but you like that, he actually showed up to the facility sick one day. I don't know if he had that, but the problem is, <laughs> superstar Roman Reigns just got over leukemia. Problem. So he had problem is. So he has Thank no God. immune system at the uh, the moment. So Roman Reigns showed up and he was like, no, nah, I can't do this. It's going to kill me. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Brock Lesnar, who's never there anyway, showed up and was kind of pissed off at the whole situation and didn't want to be stuck waiting around for his big match. So there was there was a lot of people that kind of were there. There was some, you know, there were some issues there. Uh, I would also like to say that I was very excited to see Drew McIntyre finally climb to the top. I loved him about 10 years ago and then he disappeared for a while and he is now the champion having beaten Brock Lesnar. Who was he 10 years ago? Was he just, he was, Drew he was Drew McIntyre. Oh. He was, I, he was big dude, long hair. He's he a one of those, massive like, man. Yeah. And then he went away that, and I think went to impact. Was that back when WWE was making that push to have, to, to have all wrestlers have a first and last name? I didn't know they were doing that, but I think it was right around the like Nexus era. There was stuff. there was a period really briefly um, where they were like pushing for all of their characters to have a first and last name because I remember it happened once, and it was the only time I remember it happening. Happening when Batista came out to the ring, Batista the animal, you know, Batista, yeah, and they uh, introduced him as Dave Batista. I oddly remember that too for some reason. And I was like, Dave? <laughs> Dave Batista? No, he's Batista. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, that's just dumb. That's that's Drax the destroyer for the non-wrestling people. So Drew McIntyre finally climbed back up. He had yeah, he was a pretty big star for he was like the next big thing for four years and then just disappeared because of bad writing and bad whatever. Uh, he came back looking bigger than ever, which is incredible to say. And beat the bejesus out of Brock Lesnar. Good. Which was Giddy. which was actually, I mean, it was one of those Brock Lesnar matches where it's the same move over and over again. But yeah, um, I actually kind of wanted him to lose because I he's wanted to he's wanted this moment for his whole life, the winning the championship at WrestleMania, and he had to do it in an empty freaking facility. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, I'm sure he's okay with it, but it kind of sucks for him because yeah, you know, this is there's pictures of him as a little little kid like posing in front of like his TV in, in Scotland, I think, but very happy to see that. I thought that was cool. And it was cool to see edge back the edge and uh, Randy Orton match was actually good too. So if you guys have a chance to see all of this stuff, I know we talked wrestling for longer than I thought, but 
it was fun. It was, I mean, it was weird. It was like, it's nothing I'd ever don't think I would like go and be like, oh, you got to see WrestleMania 36 again. But if you've never, if you didn't see it, just look for clips online and you can probably get WWE Network for free if you're looking for something to do. Yeah, you can at least get the trial, you know, watch it and then don't watch it again. Though I'm very interested in getting the trial and kind of reliving some of those old matches and stuff. Because I, I saw pictures from this and I saw Brock Lesnar, whatever. He's a big dumb idiot who's mean to people and he's got a shitty tattoo on his chest. So whatever. But Goldberg is still wrestling, I guess. Um, Edge is back. Loved Edge. Edge was amazing. Edge and Christian and that whole, you know, that was that was really a good time for wrestling, in my opinion. Um, it was, I, when Edge couldn't wrestle anymore, that's about the time I stopped. That's not the reason, but that's and, right, about the same as me. Mm-hmm. And see, for me, the the downfall of wrestling was after the Attitude Era. Yeah, yeah. When 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 Stone Cold left, there was such a vacuum, at least for me, that I it, there really wasn't any draw to keep me watching because stone cold so i and i firmly believe stone cold saved the wwe single-handedly i mean if if not for stone cold i think wcw would have won would have won the monday night war very possibly yeah um and wrestling devolved into fart jokes and weird storylines that were supposed to be edgy but weren't after stone cold left penny matches Mm -hmm. and i I remember watching ron just being like what there's like, no wrestling like having sex with the dead corpse of a fiance i think they did it was like triple h or something some weird story there yeah but they did like the first ever gay marriage but it was really like a tag team and they were really doing it to so that they could like in the beat up someone else or something but it was like they did it to make the news and it was like and people were like treating it like it was a real thing like really now they're just bringing in whatever celebrities not doing anything. But anyway, my, my interaction with John Cena, if I've never, ever talked about it on here before, very briefly, I saw him lost in a parking lot. And I was the first person that saw him. We're standing there. I was taking pictures and I was like, it was John Cena. And then it just spread like John Cena, John Cena, John Cena. And then the whole crowd that was like out there waiting for this, gathered around so i did you know the the you know naturally what anyone else would do is like grabbed a chair and i hit him over the head with it yeah well, uh, <laughs> you should have done and uh and then you uh, won the 24 7 hardcore title i did right there and i'm looking forward to um to recap your that. title well yeah. it is some technicality some washed up former member of the New England Patriots is the 24-7 champion now, but uh, I'm coming for that ass, Rob Gronkowski. We're going to see Jimmy you, pile wait, You want Rob Gronkowski's ass? No, I, I by ass, I meant title. <laughs> I want my ass back. So Jimmy, what? Huh? Yeah. Title. So Jimmy title back. judges his ass by t- never mind i don't even know <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know where he's, to go with that anymore. he's gonna I mean, get it's... he's gonna get power bomb through tables okay so that's that's our wrestling 10 minutes thank you guys jimmy speaking of thank you another good segue yes thank you for introducing me to well reintroducing me to dead alive yeah go ahead uh man we 
we were talking about what movie to pick and um the first movie that came to mind was near dark because we've talked about it but we haven't actually mm-hmm. watched it um and then i thought man you know what this talking about the badass holy figures recently and as many times as i've referenced this movie with father father magruder uh peter jatson etc i figured let's just do dead alive now unfortunately i wasn't able to join you guys for the um the watch, the watch party. party that you had um I I did have dinner and my my dog um did have a bit of a a dead alive evening himself. Uh he barfed a whole lot. So uh, I was uh following my dog around cleaning up his barf and making sure he was okay. Good news is he's okay. Poor Thanks, golly. So yeah, just barfing like a character from the movie. It's just yeah. Anyway, uh, this movie also big reason is that when I talk about it and I go, yeah, Peter Jackson made this movie and people are like, oh, okay. I'm like, no, that Peter Jackson, that Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson, King Kong, Peter Jackson, they shall never grow old. Peter Jackson, that Peter Jackson. Yes. He made mm-hmm. this movie in 1992 in New Zealand. Uh, in most parts of the world, it is known as Brain Dead. Now, upon its release in the United States, there was a bit of a legal. Was that the Terry Shivo thing? Issue. Was that Boom, a joke? I just dropped Damn. some knowledge on you. No, like there was a movie about her. Was it called Brain right? Oh, God. Oh, it was uh, called Brain Dead. I don't know. I don't know. I thought you were just no, but that really bad. No, joke. that was that was the case. No, that was the case. Was that, that was ninety two? I I Ish? I don't remember. What Maybe year around it was, there. But uh, I I just remember it being a. You said a big legal battle, so I said Terry Schiavo. That was that was the legal battle. It was it was between her husband and her family about whether or not they could disconnect the the thing because she was brain dead. Well, he was referring to the legal battle on like another movie called Brain Dead. I think. Yes. Oh, I just cut him off before oh, he got there. Wow. <laughs> no, that's cool. I was just like, oh, holy shit, boy. Rob. No. Um, no, 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 no. You said legal battle, and I when you were talking about brain dead, and I think it was no. right around that time. It made. It, yeah, there was a Bill, there was a Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton movie uh, called Brain Dead. Which, if it's got Bill from, Pullman from, from nineteen ninety, Bill Paxton, we gotta watch that shit. That sounds amazing. Um. But yeah, this movie was released in the U.S. as Dead Alive, and it's uh, it's where I found it at the uh, Video Rama, at a time where awesome I've, cover. I've talked about, um, and, and I'm yeah, actually my brother and I used to pick the movies that had the scariest looking covers, and we would pick like the uh, the reanimators and. You know, anything else that looked remotely scary. And here was Dead Alive with its cover with a woman kind of pulling the sides of her mouth back. And there's a a creature of some sort coming out of her mouth. Um, Kind of like a creepy little skull with buggy eyes. It was I remember that cover so well. Yeah, I think we were scared of it for a while. And then it just came down to, well, 
it's time to do it. Mm-hmm. All right, it's time to watch it. And we did. And yeah, uh, it was scary as shit. But at the time, now the original release date in the United States was February 12th, 1993. It's directed by Peter Jackson. It stars Timothy Baum, Diana Penelvar. Elizabeth Moody and Ian Watkin. I don't know who any of those people are. Yeah. Timothy Baum was the main character. Diana Penyaliver. Penyaliver. Yeah. Was uh, uh, the love interest. Paquita or Paquita or I, every Paquita. time they said her name, it sounded like something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But as far as like who those people are and what, what else they're in, no idea. So, a young man's mother is bitten by the Sumatran rat monkey from where? (laughs) Skull Island. Skull Island. Yes. Yes. Some connections there later on we'll get to. She gets sick and dies, at which time she comes back to life, killing and eating dogs, nurses, friends, and neighbors. So, the main character, Lionel, is a bit of a mama's boy. In, uh, a bit. in every sense, always trying to please mother and trying to do right in the eyes of mother. Um, he meets uh, Paquita in the uh, in town at the grocery store that she works at. And it is a romance that is destined to be. Yes. Until things go awry. So, so what did we all think? We haven't we haven't done that part yet, right? Oh, I thought this was a perfect movie to uh, to talk about. Um, <laughs> we we all enjoyed uh, Night of the Creeps, and we all enjoy that really kind of campy, cheesy '80s, early '90s type horror. And uh, mm-hmm. this one is just so quotable and so completely over the top. And it's fucking Peter Jackson. Yes. Like, yes, that Peter Jackson. When, uh, when you first said this, I was like, I, okay, I'm pretty sure I've seen this. And then I, we started watching it. We, it was a great watch. Uh, I think we briefly touched on it. We watched it as a party that you you been I don't know how far into mentioning it you went but you we watched it as a party where we were able to chat like FaceTime in a group chat to watch it uh cuz we can't all be in the same room but it was fun we watched it with some of the uh previous guests hosts and friends of the show which was awesome mm-hmm, thank you guys mm-hmm. so we got to comment on it and stuff and I remember watching this and I'm like I didn't remember if I had seen it or if I had seen a lot of the parts cuz a lot of the gore stuff you see in those lists like most gory scene or bloody is this or whatever or even in special effects TV shows and stuff, they talk about this movie a lot because it has some really good practical effects. And then it got to the end, and there's a giant beast, which we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've definitely seen this. Like, I've definitely seen this. But And I remember it was right at that point that it all came back to me. And I was like, this was one of the movies that I took out of Blockbuster when I was working there at midnight. And got home, like, yeah, I'll put it on. If I fall asleep, I'll watch the rest of it tomorrow. And sure enough, I put it on. I'm like, nope, staying awake. This is awesome. This is awesome. This is exactly what I needed back in 
seven or eight or whatever it was. Yeah. What did um, you? So, yeah. So it was great. It was, and it was a very fun movie to watch with a bunch of people. Yeah, Rob. What are your impressions or uh, my? Initial... Well, first off, let me correct. Terry Shiva was late nineties, early two thousands. So that was oh that was okay, wrong. right. But um, this this movie is one of those ones that it not just not just me, but I think it's right up all of our alleys as far as the total campy cheesiness of the of the horror and the absolutely hilarious special effects that they did the the absolutely hilarious uh special effects that that went on and the tongue-in-cheek references that they made throughout the movie and i mean you just the one of those movies it was kind of the total package you had to pay attention to everything that was going on you had to watch you had to listen to what the characters were actually saying this this wasn't one of those movies when I initially tried to watch this movie, I was doing other stuff. So I was like, I was like talking with some friends and we were doing things like in the background and I had the movie on and I was like, I'm, I'm going to have to rewatch this movie because I, I know I'm missing stuff. And, you know, I was watching it with Asian Jimmy and he was laughing and having a good time. And I'm like, Oh, what did I miss? What did I miss? What did I miss? Yeah. I'm like, no, I I'll have to go back and watch this. But this was definitely one of those movies that if, if you're gonna watch it, do yourself a favor and pay attention to it because it is friggin' hilarious, and there's so much going on, and it happens fast too. It does, it does, really and fast. I and I think IMDb said that it like set the record for for what was it? Uh, most most um M- most blood used, like yeah, like most blood. gallons of fake blood or some shit used. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was all over the place. I mean, and and I don't think I don't think I've seen as many creative kills as what were in this movie in any other movie. I mean, there were so many funny zombie kills, funny zombie attacks, funny kills on humans by zombies. It was just, it was all over the place. Every time somebody died, it was funny. And it was like, that's, that's a good point on that. Like even some interesting near kills, like I thought it was really interesting when the the main character, the female lead, got bit, and then you're like, "Oh crap!" And, and then, then it, it, and it then turned it out to be dentures. Yeah, <laughs> she just picks it off her arm and throws it away. And it's like, <laughs> wow, that's really kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a, a lot of how do I say this? Uh, a lot of the kills, and, and Rob, I know exactly what you're saying because even going back watching it as many times as I've seen it kill sequence will start in a kill and you'll go back go wait how did we get to this point there's a lot of very what i referred to uh while i was watching it is there's a lot of mousetrap kills in this there's a lot of this thing happens that thing falls hits this person oh he drew a scene from dead alive um now my ch- my child snuck in and handed me a a little note that says I love you so much, love Ethan, and has a little heart drawn on it. He should be asleep, but I'm going to let this one slide. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. But there was an intestine gets wrapped around somebody's ankle, and if you didn't notice that, then it's pulling the character up into the ceiling, and then somebody's head gets chopped off, and it slides across the floor, and just it's and 
And a zombie's guts um, fall out, and the guts animate and have their own agenda. Yeah, they're like like yeah. two lungs, the heart and, heart and the heart and lungs and intestines, and they're they're just running around attacking people. I'm like, what well, the f- and even what is this? <laughs> even the first time that they come out, they get pulled up onto a sink in front of the mirror, and they and they check themselves, they check themselves out, and and it's just batshit crazy. Really and that's weird. why, you know, I, I think I'd seen Lord of the Rings and I'd seen this and I was like, this is the same person? There's what, Meet the Feebles? I think I saw that. Bad too. taste, yeah. Bad taste, yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about how crazy the kills are. We've discussed a few of them. We, didn't, we haven't even mentioned that there's a zombie baby. Oh my that, god. Uh, that, one. <laughs> that the lead character, that the hero... Beats, <laughs> beats very good on impression. a <laughs> the the lead character brings to a park inexplicably bad idea, <laughs> and then beats and I, up the against. The whole time it was happening, I'm like, mm-hmm. why is he taking a walk in a park? So this scene beats his head on a swing set, by the way, and punches it in uh, the face. and the ground, steps on it. Yeah, um, this scene, uh was the result of Peter Jackson not using all of the money in the budget. This scene was what was left. And he says it was his favorite scene to make because he had something like $45,000 to do this scene. Um, and, and let me make, let me make a technical point here real quick. There's a lot of scenes in this movie where, yes, this is supposed to be a, baby-sized baby, right? (laughs) There are parts where it's very obviously a person running around in a weird baby costume, but... A little person. Perhaps, yeah. Or, as he did in later scenes in the movie, he did that perspective kind of thing, where, you know, the one character was much closer to the camera... The other one was further in the distance, which made that character look significantly smaller, which was a technique that he used to make the hobbits look smaller in comparison to Gandalf and every other character in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. So you can see some very early technical stuff that Peter Jackson was the, doing. One of the opening scenes, they do that long shot of like the, the mountains, village, whatever. Beautiful, or like the, picturesque the, the, New Zealand. Yeah, like they do that long shot, and I was like, this big sweeping camera move, and I'm like, with very little budget, he did this shot, which is totally like any of the shots you see of like the the what are they what are they called the Lord of the Rings like the group of them, the fellowship, like the group of people like the fellowship. There we go, Greg. like walking across mountains. You're fucking out. Sorry, get out of here. Shame, shame, bad vampire. Bling, bling, bling. Shame, shame, bling 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 bling. Yeah, we don't have sound effect buttons anymore, which sucks. Or does it? Okay, move on. <laughs> you said, yeah, it's. I, you can definitely. I love watching this kind of movie and then seeing what that leads to later on. You know, like some of the stop motion stuff, which done by Peter Jackson. Yeah, I love the stop motion rat monkey thing <laughs> the sumatran like, rat, rat monkey so ridiculous it's You've ridiculous but like the bite i love the friggin monkey punch in the very beginning <laughs> just 
bam! He just knocks the shit out of that monkey, knocks it out cold, <laughs> and it rips its arm off. I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah, that really kind of sets the um the 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 tone for the movie. It's completely over the top. Every wound just gushes blood. Um Yeah, he he took off his mother's bandage and I was like, ooh, that don't look right. Yeah. <laughs> After she was bitten by the rat monkey, it's like yeah, pussy mm-hmm. and whatever. Pulsating. I love that every so we're watching it, and every time something horrible happened on see, on screen uh, in our little chat room, someone was taking a bite of like chicken or uh, whatever Scott was eating. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't need to eat that. Like, dips the chicken leg into ranch dressing, and then you see a pussy wound. Like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Yes, even the most seasoned of uh, gore hounds. Uh, Eli Roth uh, has said this is the only movie that satisfied his uh, his gore craving. Yeah, I think it was the uh, he mentioned the uh, the lawnmower scene that did that. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So over the top. So. You know, without going too much into the plot, the Sumatran rat monkey from Skull Island uh, comes over. It is cursed. It bites Lionel's mother. She turns into a zombie, thus turning uh, by some way or another other people into zombies. Uh, Lionel does his very best to protect mother, even though she is clearly very dead and killing and eating uh, people and dogs as she eats his love interest dog, Fernando, which is the greatest name for a dog, uh, in a very quotable and classic scene where uh, Paquita comes up the stairs to see Lionel pulling the tail of a dog from his mother's mouth, and she says, your mother ate my dog. And Lionel looks up <laughs> yes, and she says, does. not all not of it. All of it. Now, and then they pan over to the bed, and it's just a big, bloody, chunky mess yeah, like, oh of God. Uh, what was once a dog. Um, which is really funny about that scene. The movie in Spanish um, is titled Tu Madre Se Ha Comido a Mi Perro, which is Your Mother Ate, Your mother my, dog. ate my Dog. Yep. So <laughs> that's just a. I'll, I'll, nobody ever gets that when I say it. Um, and I'm glad that there are at least, you know, three other people now who will. Um, I guess before we get to the kind of coup de gras or the coup de gore, as I'm going to call this in the movie, um, a couple other fun facts about this. Uh, Peter Jackson directed in his version of King Kong in 2005, uh, the cargo hold of a ship contains a box reading Sumatran rat monkey beware the bite. (laughs) In reference to the Sumatran rat monkey where he uh, pulled from Skull Island, which is where uh, King Kong was from. Um, there's a game called Hellgate London where the Sumatran rat monkey appears in the tunnels in 2007. Um, speaking of games, guys, have you ever played the game, uh, featuring the Sumatran rat monkey? I have not. No, you haven't. Um, that's because a very small studio by the name of Metal Zone Jesus Crusher, 
made the game <laughs> for the gore metal band Impaled. Uh, yes, I was one of two members of that team. Uh, you can really? go to impaled.info, and under the media section, you can... Do it right now. You're going to hear some typing, people. You can download the game. It is a very small file um, where you play as the Sumatran Rat Monkey, um, and you have to barf on the members of... Well, that is a interesting Japan. website. It has... The cur- your cursor becomes a hypodermic needle. Yep. Yeah. The- it's, uh, they were, uh, they're great. Um, but yeah, you can check out the game. Um, it's a very just goofy side scroller that me and my buddy put together. Um, and, uh, it was a really kind of a, a fun little trip down memory lane, uh, as this movie was as well. I think you hit space bar to throw up. Um, uh, it's, if you try to download, it goes to the Microsoft website now. Oh no! Well, we did it, and it was cool. Uh, Simon Pegg um, says that this movie was one of the most influential to his movie Shaun of the Dead, and uh, even in the Adventures of Tintin, the Secret of the Unicorn, when Tintin meets Captain Haddock, Haddock calls... That's an underrated movie right there. Snowy the Giant Rat of Sumatra. Uh, also a nod to this movie. So, gentlemen, what are we thinking up until this point? Are we ready to talk about uh, Father Magruder now, maybe? Well, the thing I, I sort of liked about this movie, it, it is a bunch of vignettes of little horror scenes. A lot, As Rob was saying, there's a lot of points where like people do things that don't necessarily make sense. They go to places they... they I'm saying they act out of character, but it's not something that's bad. It's like, it just gets you to the next mm-hmm. scene, next, gets mm-hmm. you to the next scene. It gets you to the next ridiculous thing. And as a result, you don't like don't fall in love with any characters. You don't do any of that stuff. But you're just looking for the next big, like, oh, that person just ripped their face off. Mm-hmm. That person just had a hand punched through their chest. That person is now a hanging sconce lamp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's all in in good fun. Yeah. And I think uh, that's I think that's the my one takeaway before we head on to some of the crazy uh, characters that we're about to talk about. So go ahead. Yeah, Father Magruder, who we talked about. You know, in our our badass holy person episode, uh, it was one of our our top fives. Um, he is the priest that uh, Rob. Your name says it all. What does he do? Mm-hmm. I kick ass for the Lord. Yeah. So he's got a great line in there too, where uh, Piquita runs up uh, during the service at the beginning of the service for his mother, and she says, "Have you seen Lionel?" And he goes, "No, I haven't." And if he doesn't show up in 10 minutes, his mother will be passed into the loving arms of our Lord without him. And it's just, I mean, I, I lost it. I, I don't remember that part, but it was just so funny. Um, he somehow knows martial arts and he shows up at the right time when uh, Lionel is inexplicably trying to dig his mother up. Um. And after just a, a crazy, gory sequence there where, hey, that's my mom you're pissing on. 
Um, she comes out and grabs one of these like greasers by the balls and chews his chest off. And Father McGruder comes out and he starts kicking ass. Um, well, things don't go too well for him, but it's just a, another, you know, just crazy over the top character. Like, you know, so many others in the movie. Yeah. It, uh, just, just every, every scene is, is just I'm I'm waiting for something more ridiculous to happen. And and it culminates at the end of the film with probably the most ridiculous scene I think I've ever seen in any movie. I've gotta say it. Go for it. Party's over. <laughs> so our hero Lionel Yeah, no, go ahead, Rob. Yeah, no, 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 go, go, go ahead. Because I, I was just going to go right to the thing that I thought was the most ridiculous. But sure, uh, you can you can set the scene. Well, yeah, setting it up, Lionel. There, he agrees to give over the house and all the inheritance to his gross pervert uncle, who, um. The first thing he does is has a party and invites yep. like 70 people over. And of course, you know, with now three zombies in the house, inevitably the entire group of party go- goers is going to get turned. And as Lionel's making his way through like the attic, trying to get back. To- yeah, there's four zombies in the four, house. Yeah. As he's trying to get back to um, Paquita, he falls through the ceiling uh, being suspended by the previously mentioned heart and lungs uh, with attached intestines. He gets knocked out of a window. And when all just looks lost for Piquita and her friend Rita, they're being swarmed by zombies. Lionel bursts in the door with his trusty lawnmower strapped over his shoulder, says potty's over. And he just goes into this whole crowd of zombies with a, you know, just a push mower, a gas powered mower, and just mows down the entire group of zombies. And there was so much, so much fake blood used in that scene. Yeah. And, and pulp and whatever the hell else they had. And it was just, I just watching that, I'm like, what? What am, what am I watching? What is this? That that would be one of those scenes where somebody would walk by and see just that scene of the movie and question your sanity yeah. for watching the what? movie. What? Are you watching some kind of snuff film yeah. or something? They, they would either think you were truly insane for watching this movie or they would sit down and be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> but, uh, apparently... During that scene, they were f- they were pumping the fake blood at five gallons per second. Yes, can see it. Excellent, but that, believe it or not, is not the scene I was talking about. Jim. Which one is that? the The lawnmower scene is not the scene that I was talking about. The most ridiculous scene I think I've ever seen in a movie. Mummy. Yeah. <laughs> up up on the roof. So you see this this hint of something about to happen, which that's it was that little hint where like you see a, I don't figure out what it was like a giant nail or something, 
grab somebody and you're like, oh, there's something else going on. The pervert uncle, after he's just gone ape shit, he's hacking up zombies and it's kind of like, all right, this guy's a piece of shit, but he's a badass zombie killing machine. He's stuck out on the lawn somehow and he's looking towards the camera. He lights up a cigarette and there's a tap, tap, tap on his shoulder from a giant fingernail. Yeah. And mom has come back and somehow she has mutated into this giant zombie with these big hanging saggy zombie boobs and this giant enormous bulbous <laughs> belly and this just this giant rubber costume that almost kind of looks like a T-Rex, right? Mm-hmm. It's very and- reminiscent of the thing in Ghostbusters. It's like all ghost-like, like with the skull face. Yeah. But not all bright white and everything. It's like got gore and stuff on it. And it's, but, and it's got, and it's got far more meat on it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't, I, I don't even know how, but somehow this gigantic monster makes its way up to the roof and it's up on the roof and, and, you know, Paquita falls off the edge and Lionel's left on the roof with his mother. And she's like, a boy always needs his mother or something. And her belly opens up. And Lionel slides right back <laughs> into her womb. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yep. This is so ridiculous. What is going on? Completely. And it, it's just, just glorious. Yeah. Everything that you, you watch this movie and they're like, you're just like, nah, they can't, they can't outdo that. Nope. Yep. Yep. They sure do. They do. They did. Uh, and then Lionel is reborn. Yeah. Covered in afterbirth, just like he was the first yeah, time. Just, it, just this movie is so weird, but it's, it's so great. So weird. You got to imagine that some studio executives watched that scene and were like, "Are you sure we want to give this guy 120 million dollars for one Lord of the Rings movie? You sure, we want to do this. Uh, do we they, really want to do this?" And they did, and it was fine. But I'm just saying. There had to be some studio executives are very nervous bunch. You're like, hey, that's why they remake. That's why they remake so much. Shit. Hey guys, um, have you ever seen his other movies? Uh, allegedly, I don't know if this is true or not, but I remember hearing quite a long time ago that there were a couple of directors vying for the rights from the Tolkien estate to make this, and uh, it wasn't even the director who had the green light from the studio, but it was Peter Jackson who started to make the Lord of the Rings on his own and said, Hey, here's what I can do. Um, now whether that's true or not, I don't know. I, I like to believe it. Um, I don't that's, know. that takes balls. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's turned out to be one of the, one of the more prominent filmmakers, you know, in, in recent memory. Mm-hmm. And a lot of different genres too. Yeah, absolutely. From documentary to to action to um, that thriller. thriller. I know he did. What animation. is it? Animation. So my question for you guys: mm-hmm. After watching this movie, there are a number of absolutely glorious kills. What was your favorite? Who? Mm. Oh. Uh, okay. So yeah, that's actually kind of an easy one for me. Well, it was for me too. It, mine was, uh, the greaser zombie, um, who 
gets kind of put into that group that Lionel is kind of trying to keep out of everybody's eyes, he gets ripped in half and Mm -hmm. reunites with the lower half of his body at some point. (laughs) And he's coming down the stairs and Lionel's trying to fire up the lawnmower and he just can't get it going. So the, the greaser zombie guy, he, his torso leaps off of his body. Lionel falls just at the right second. And his, his upper half lands on top of the lawnmower blades. Lionel finally Mm -hmm. gets it going and he's just spinning and spinning and spinning. And, the little heart and lungs combination with the intestines is wrapping and pulling Lionel, pulling him, pulling him. So Lionel grabs the hand of the zombie. And I think this is really clever when he grabs the hand that stops the zombie from spinning and allows the blades to do what they do. And mm-hmm. the rest of that character and blood is just squirting out yeah. as it is everywhere. What's yours? Greg, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go? I am trying to find it again, because I know there was a combo kill. And I'm I'm trying to find the exact people involved, so... Mine is not a combo kill. Okay, go ahead. Mine is, it, mine is a kill that set up a running gag for the movie that I thought was absolutely ingenious. And it's the mom, when she kills the nurse and turns her into a, into a zombie Pez dispenser. She, Where her head flips up. Oh, head flips God, back. she... She jabs her fingers into the nurse's face and she's just gripping and ripping and pulling everything. And then finally just rips the head back and leaves the head attached, but basically severs everything in the front and it just flips back and blood spurts out and everything. But it's set up this joke where every time she's chasing somebody, like at one point, I think they threw like a hummingbird picture or something at her head and her and her head just flips back. Oh, yeah, it was a um, and then a little sculpture thing. Yeah, and then very cleverly, um, he kind of skirts around, and then they flip to the zombie view, and the whole screen is upside down. Yeah, <laughs> because because the head is flipped back. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it, but it, that happened like numerous times throughout the movie. It was kind of like a running gag where her head just kind of flipped back, and it caused problems and stuff like that. At one point, he's trying to feed her, but it's going in her mouth, and then it's coming out the slit in her throat. So he just pops her head back like a Pez dispenser and starts trying to spoon the stuff into her throat. <laughs> Like, yeah, I, I also liked the uh, lawnmower one, but I'm, I'm going to go with someone a little different. It was actually just a fast one where the, the head is, the dude is punched, or the girl is punched through the yes, mouth. Yes, that was my favorite. Oh, yes. And it's the two the two women, one in like the red polka dot dress. Uh, she's punched through the mouth, and then the zombie or whatever that's punched through that one's mouth then uses it to, to murder the, her friend in front of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I thought that was, it was because it was really quick, mm-hmm. but... All the other ones, the the yeah, there's a lot. So many wonderful kills in this movie. It's such Perfect. a gem. Such a yeah, it really really is. Uh, some of the other things that I I had to make note of, we talked about this. I'm pretty sure on the episode last week where we we're talking about things that are like super obvious that they do in movies, like the um, and I mentioned the big bag with the the dollar sign on it, and Jimmy mentioned I think the bottle with like three X's. For like and the tranquilizer out. bottle, yeah, the giant tranquilizer bottle that says tranquilizers on the side of it, which I thought was great. Um, the weird German taxidermist, oh, yeah, well, yeah, I thought all taxidermists were German and weird, isn't that like a thing? Um, 
I thought that was great. I also, the, the mommy issues thing actually made this movie creepy above and beyond the like horror. What is it? They, they call it a, a slash stick or a splash stick or a, something like that. Like, like slapstick, but with gore or gore comedy. Yeah. Something like that. But, uh, sh- shall I do the box office thing? I like, to yeah, do? sure. Go for it. Got a $3 million budget estimated, uh, opening weekend in the U S it made only 23,000. $765, probably because it was in limited release, I would assume. It came out on February 15th, 1993. You know at least one but one person took their significant other to that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, ah! Uh, it ended up in the United States making $242,623. And a cumulative worldwide gross, $242,623 is what they have there. But this movie has taken on a life of its own afterwards Mm -hmm. they don't really give you details for um, dvd vhs sales all that stuff but i guarantee it sold a lot because i've never been to a video store be back in the day where they didn't have it as well as i know a lot of horror fans love this movie oh yeah Mm -hmm. so it definitely made its money back after um aftermarket i mean yeah aftermarket or even like even before lord of the rings people knew about it um you know there were there was some some stuff there uh to this day according to what i read Never been released on DVD in in uh, New Zealand. Really? Yeah. Probably should. I should probably own this movie. I should as well. I was just thinking in that in 2018, Peter Jackson said him and his team at Weta were uh, working on a 4K uh, upscaling or upmaster, whatever you want to call. But that was 2018. He's a busy dude. Hopefully, they mm-hmm. they find time for it. Um, I would certainly love to have like a steel book of this, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, did that World War One documentary and the upscaling there was was stunning. Yeah, so I can only imagine what they can do with something that actually was color. Yeah. So, anything else? I think that pretty much covered it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, oh, uh, of course, the usual question: remake? I say no. Perfect as it is. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I do not. Yeah, no. don't don't uh, give me a give me a Peter Jackson sitting in his mansion talk about how much fun this movie is on some behind the scenes footage and a making of and a steel book on Blu-ray Ultra 4K. I don't give a shit. Put it. I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure that I want this movie to be upscaled because I think if you upscale okay. it to 4K, it'll lose some of the mystique because you'll be able to see too much. Okay. Well then, let me let me propose a completely new um, option here. Let's have this be the first 4D release of a movie where it comes with. I wouldn't mind this movie spraying liquid on me. <laughs> It'd be just like, and it won't be from the movie. I'll just be at your house peeing. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, like that'll work. during the graveyard scene. Um, this this movie is a gore concert. If you've ever seen them live, Gwar, Gwar, however you want to say it, um, it's Gost. No, uh, <laughs> this, this movie is meant Callback. to be enjoyed with people. Uh, perfect way to yes, so, absolutely. No remake. No, 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 no. Okay, Jimmy, it is time for the. Question. It is time for the question, and this was kind of a fun one to do some research on. Um, you guys, who, what are your five most underrated early or just underrated films from a director? Uh, this is this kind of list. I want people to go, wait, they directed that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Peter Jackson directed this movie. So I'm going to go ahead and do this. Just to set the tone, I'm going to say, uh, as an honorable mention, because we're talking about it, that's it's going to be Dead Alive, Peter Jackson. All right, so that's a movie. You go, yes, that Peter Jackson he usually did. I'm sure you're tired of hearing me say it right now. But uh, my number five, uh, officially on the list, is going to be The Devil's Backbone by Guillermo del Toro. It's a fantastic Spanish horror film. Um, you know, he's out there doing these huge projects now, but this is just a, a really, this is a scary film. It's really good. Uh, my number four is going to be Pie by Darren Aronofsky, who's gone on to do The Fountain and other big, super big ideas. This is like a student project that's black and white, but it's the most so sweaty. So very sweaty, so sweaty and a math thriller, I guess. Uh, number three is going to be uh, one of Nick Cage's finest acting uh, performances, and that's Raising Arizona by the Coen Brothers. Uh, my number two is going to be the movie Duel by Steven Spielberg. Uh, based on a short story by absolute master of his craft, author Richard Matheson. And number one, it was a it was a hard one. Uh, why are you laughing? I know what you did there. Move on. I don't know. What did I do there? What did I do? The, the ah, okay. Richard Matheson. He's he's a he's a king of horror. Yes. Go on. Number one is going to be the movie Sunshine by Danny Boyle. Uh, it is a it's an Event Horizon type sci fi movie, and it's just freaking awesome. And you might know Danny Boyle for so many other movies aside from this one. So definitely check that out. Wasn't Richard Matheson, uh, isn't that one of Stephen King's like other names that he uses? Or is that something different? No. Was I wrong? You're wrong. Oh, I got shamed twice. Oh, okay. I thought Richard Matheson was uh, no. was That's one of the was Stephen so King. Oh, okay. I thought you were messing with me. No, Richard Matheson wrote What Dreams May Come, Hell House. He wrote uh, I Am Legend. Um, and I I was super surprised the other day. Finally started watching the Twilight Zone, Jordan Peele's series. And, uh, Richard Bachman. Bachman. It's Richard Bachman. Yes. And That's what it was. Sorry about I that. I didn't know I suck. Terror at 20,000 Feet was originally a Richard Matheson's story. So uh, lots of coincidental serendipitous things happening there with huh. his work. So yeah. Uh all good. That was you confused the shit out of me. I was like, what are you talking about? Uh, sorry about that. Yeah. I apologize. Anyway, let I'll, I'll go now. Sure. Uh so I just have a question about this. Is a if it's if the movie was made by a director mm -hmm. and he this first movie blew up, got his name on the map, and then his second movie didn't do as well. But then he went on to do big, huge projects. Does that still count? Yeah, I mean, that's movie? like a Danny Boyle type situation. Okay. It, yeah. it doesn't have to be their first movie. It just has to okay. be an overlooked movie that, that they've done. Okay. So I'm going to start off with uh, 
a uh, of course uh, the word I can never ever ever remember a uh, which was the word the number six one? honorable mention uh, honorable mention I never get that right that's funny ever wow. all right honorable mention is going to be uh, one of the I think it's the second movie John Carpenter ever made and that is Assault in Precinct Thirteen sort of kind of led the way to Escape from New York amongst other things but uh, there has been a remake and but Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Uh, number five is the Catherine Bigelow uh, just double thing. And I actually had Strange Days in there, which was supposed to be a big deal, and it just kind of didn't do very well. But it was actually a very, kind of a weird end-of-the-world type New Year's Eve sort of movie, like future movie, which I actually kind of enjoyed. The soundtrack was really good. But you also mentioned Near Dark, and I was like, well, you know, a lot of people don't haven't seen that, and that's also Catherine Bigelow. So I'm going with the Catherine Bigelow double picture here. Near Dark and Strange Days. Awesome. The movie I was referring to before, Go, by Doug Lyman. He did, uh, what is it, Swingers first? That movie, no, it wasn't Swingers. He did, what did he do first? He, he had a pretty big hit first. And then he did Go. Yep, which I saw in the theater. And, which was really good. And a lot of people didn't like it. But then I think he went on to kind of do that, uh, a lot of the Bourne movies. The really close, shaky cam fighting in small spaces, yeah, just definitely. almost realistic uh, no, type he, thing. He kind of pioneered that. It was swingers. Yeah, swingers. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, it went on to do. I, was, I looked up John. Myth. It's because mm. I was when I was doing research earlier. I looked up John Favreau, mm-hmm. and it said that he was responsible for swingers. That's why I got a little confused. Also, I haven't left my house in three weeks. What day is it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, number three, Bound by the Wachowski brothers then, now Wachowski sisters, but Bound was their pre-Matrix movie. A lot of people didn't know it, but if you worked at Blockbuster at the time, it was one of those movies that people started hearing about and getting a, uh, a lesbian heist movie, ah. which people hi- heist lesbians. But, okay. Something. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, uh, number two, The Prestige, Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in the, amongst all of his Batman movies and inception and all that stuff he did a fun little cool magic movie which sort of got overlooked because it was like one of two magic movies that came out like the same month and it was very good yeah yeah and it was prestige and um um oh god what was the other one uh one of them had like te- was more tesla in it or his like facility i think that was the prestige but we'll figure that one out i'll look it up while we're Crap. stuff. And my number one, I've been, I, I mentioned this movie a lot on the show. Sorry, but Danny Boyle again, Shallow Grave, his first ever movie. I've told you guys to see it in the past at least two other times. So Shallow Grave, uh, it's a fun British comedy, dark uh, thriller, weird movie. But see it, it's fun. Great payoff in that movie. So that's that's my number one. Excellent. Well, Real my uh, sorry, the okay. one it came out up against was The Illusionist. That's it. That was it. Okay. Go ahead, sir. Well, then I will go ahead and do my five. Um, it at number five, I'm gonna put a movie by James Cameron. And the reason I'm putting the movie by James Cameron, not necessarily so much that it's underrated, but for being so early in his career, 
the balls that this guy had is absolutely amazing. Piranha 2. Oh, yeah. The spawning. Nice. Great. Um, big, the story uh, on that is he was actually fired three weeks into production. And when the executives were off at the, at the Cannes Film Festival, he broke into the, to the studio and recut the footage because he didn't, they wouldn't let him see the product. So he broke into the studio and recut the footage. Um, it's amazing. And I, it's, it's, uh, I believe it was supposed to be like a, um, a Jaws spoof kind of thing or something like that, or a Jaws like mm-hmm. thing. But, but yeah, Piranha 2 is going to be my number five. At number four, I'm, I'm going to put Dead Alive. Dead Alive earns the number four spot because this is a movie that you should see, especially if you're into the, to the, to the splash stick, I guess we'll call yeah. it the, the gore comedy. It's, it's v- very worth your time. It's worth a watch. If you enjoy that type of movie at number three, I'm going to put, I'll put the prestige. Okay. I'll put the prestige at number three with uh, Christopher Nolan. We've, we've already talked about it. I won't go into too much detail on it at number two. I'm putting Duel from Steven Spielberg. But at number one, I can't believe it didn't make either of your lists. What do you got? At number one, I'm putting Slither mm. from James Gunn. Mm. Another Ooh. one of those splash stick horror comedy yes, things. Was. It's was very well done. And I, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. I, I liked that one a lot. I haven't seen that in a long time either. Yeah, but it did it did pass by me. This just one. It was weird because I could I had a very hard time as I was telling you looking up research for this because for some for some reason it was defaulting regardless of what you searched to try to like jog your memory. It was always defaulting to either you know celebrities that have directed TV shows or like movies mm. or movies you didn't know were directed by women. I'm like, Ugh. yeah, I didn't I didn't have that problem. I think yeah, it was just the search you were doing. I was looking for movies that were directed by women. Is that wrong? Yeah, that that would be why that came up. No, I was, I was looking for uh, movies uh, direct. Uh, you were this is great googling radio. lesbian heist movies. By, <laughs> um, again, Red yeah, that's really brothers. Movies made by and for lesbians. Yes, that's what that isn't that what you're supposed to Google. Yes. My browser just opens up to that when I just lesbian heist movies. It just automatically searches for me. I have a, <laughs> I have a mac. I have a macro. That just does RSS that. feed whenever a new one pops up. Yeah, like oh sweet, know what I'm doing? <laughs> okay, uh, who, who's doing contact stuff? Is that me? You. me? It is me. Hi guys. Hi you. So <laughs> how are you, you today? Hi. So. Uh, you guys can contact us and possibly host the show as I'm losing my mind. So give us an email at giveme5podcast at gmail.com. Uh, give me five pod. You can search for us on Twitter and Instagram. Lots of fun stuff on Instagram this yeah, week, yeah. Jimmy. You're welcome. <laughs> you will see that we, in fact, did a real-life photo shoot. Real life. As the Rob Tiger ha- King. Rob has three bullet hole tattoos. Yeah. 
for the Tiger King. We we did I our, our own. King. Yeah. I'm in the front. I'm so screwed. I don't get to cuddle. I'm, and a shame. I'm the little spoon. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> check that out on Instagram, Twitter, or in your nightmares. Uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you happen to be using. We are everywhere. Uh, and you can check out our website, gimme5podcast.com. You know, if you guys want to email us, I don't think either of these guys would have a problem with uh, maybe inviting uh, inviting you guys, if you want, to our watch parties that we're, we started doing to keep ourselves busy. Yeah, guys. Yeah, we're just- um, now, this, this app that we're using currently, uh, there is a limit, so... Uh, Eight. We'll we'll try and get you in there. Just hit us up if you want to watch a movie with us. I, I can already tell you what my my next pick is going to be two weeks from now, um, and it's a movie that I want to see people's reactions. Uh, it, we're going to do a departure here and, and pick a more modern movie, but um, you know, hit us up. Mm, so. Yeah, I think I know. At some point, we're going to be reviewing on the show. Uh, Rob pointed out a movie. It was a redneck werewolf movie. Uh, we're going to try to do some a little bit of that. So you can email us, give me five pod at or give me five podcast at gmail.com. And uh, thanks for listening. Um, thank you so much for listening. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Good night.